Well, she sneaks around the world from Kiev to Carolina. She's a sticky-fingered filcher from Berlin down to Belize. She'll take you for a ride on a slow boat to China. Tell me where in the world is in San Diego. Still, there's all in South Korea. Make it hard and go for uncle. From the Red Sea to Greenland, they'll be singing the blues. Well, they never Arkansas her steal the meat Kong from the jungle. Tell me. Buddy and welcome to my niche podcast about the one thing I know something about game shows. I suppose I am your host Jordan Haas, and this is a very action-packed episode. I uh, just want to first give credit to Sean Altman for lending me use the theme song for tonight's episode. You rock, buddy. Anyway, you already know what the topic is going to be tonight, but I have to really speed this up because there's a whole lot of news on my desk because the second I uploaded last week's episode, a whole lot of press releases fell on my lap and I had to basically combine it all into one episode. So here it is. I got to catch my breath real quick. Whew. All right. We're good. Hi. We're going to have a fun episode. Lots of things to talk about. Starting with this news story, we're doing the news. Uh, First of all, NBC is deciding to do a a series, Small Fortune. Now, if you remember listening to the podcast a few weeks ago, I reviewed Small Fortune. Small Fortune is a skill-based game show in the UK where Dermot O'Leary gets a group of three people to do skill-based challenges on a very tiny miniature. If you've ever been to like a model home place or you have seen one of those coming soon uh, construction kits for like a shopping mall or even a theme park, uh, you would get a great idea of what a model looks like. Now, what if you can play a little skill game like roll a marble or flick a ball or something in that little miniature? Well, that's what the name of the game is. Uh, The teams have to get through three mini games before completing uh before losing their their uh contestants if they if they complete the challenge they get money if they lose they're eliminated if they can get three games before losing all three partners they play the bonus game for the jackpot uh their jackpot is basically all the money they have banked up i believe it's fifty thousand pounds to start the game but if you want to practice it costs you five thousand and that's basically the name of the game. So I don't know who the host is. I don't know if they're going to make it $100,000 or a quarter million dollars or some variation on that. But it's it's a game show, I suppose. Um, I, I, I mean, I don't really cared much for the last episode of Small Fortune, but NBC decided to pick it up. And, you know, I just got to say this. Not every game show from the UK needs to make it out to America. Uh I am shocked at its small fortune. There's a lot better game shows out there. Tipping Point, for instance. Pointless, for instance. Tenable. Very good game show. There's a lot of different UK-based game shows that could really make it better in the United States. 
and we get stuck with small fortune. I think that's kind of a, a letdown, to be honest. Um, when are we doing catchphrase? When are we, when are we doing countdown? Instead, we are doing small fortune, and that's not the cube. Why can't we have the fucking cube? The cube is a much better game show. Put it on CW. Half a million dollars. I did a whole episode about it. Price free: five thousand, ten thousand, twenty thousand, fifty thousand, one hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, five hundred thousand. And you keep the same nine lives, you keep the same games, and that cool 360 camera angle, and it's a good show. But no, we have to do stupid small fortune. God damn it. (laughs) Oh, well. It's NBC. It's their network. It's not like they have a lot of good ideas anyway. Uh, Next, uh, speaking of a a game show returning, uh, Nickelodeon is bringing back Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader with John Cena, who will also be the executive producer. This is the first time it is pretty much not a been a fox thing or i mean it wasn't syndication i mean it's it's always been hosted by jeff fox for this time around it's john cena's host the format fifth grader which has been adapted in several countries sees adult contestants answer questions as if they came from an elementary grade school quiz there are actual fifth graders on stage to help them out to make the contestant look dumb sometimes both and you know what i will say it this is actually not that bad of an idea to put on on Nickelodeon. I don't know what they're going to do because according to this, they're also doing an in-game, like a speed round kind of thing. Okay. We haven't really talked about Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader on this show? Uh, but I would like to say that the I think the premise of Fifth Grader is the big money because these are supposed to be easy questions. But the idea is supposed to be that because the questions are so easy, you start doubting yourself on the most basic of simple questions, kind of like a reverse millionaire. If you have 200 and something thousand dollars and a question comes up of like, what is the state capital of Delaware? You're going to have like a hunch, but if you don't know it, you're going to walk away. And I think that's supposed to be the appeal of fifth grader is that for the adults, they seem like they're walking away from big, they want to take, take the big money and run. And the kids think, well, you're you're silly because you don't understand the state capital that I learned in fourth grade. Th- that's the appeal of fifth grader. So I don't know how they're going to handle it on Nickelodeon. Are they still doing a million dollar prize? Are they going to go back to the syndicated uh, fifth grader rules where it's you go through all 10 questions and then there's like a bonus round for 10 times the amount? I do not know. Um, but considering it is Nickelodeon, it, it could be an interesting uh, format. I think John Cena is going to be a better host than Jeff Foxworthy. Uh, Jeff Foxworthy, though, uh, was good idea because most of his uh, comedy revolves around, you know, are you, like you might be a redneck jokes. So one of his jokes is if your if your heyday was was in elementary school, you might be a redneck was one of his jokes, which I guess could transcend into are you smarter than a fifth grader? For this show, it's John Cena. Kids love John Cena. Adults love John Cena. He's the WWE superstar. But I gotta tell you, I don't know if people are gonna watch a show that's in- with a host that's invisible because you can't see him. I had to wait a whole week to tell that joke. Please laugh. If you like that joke, please at Jordha and say LOL. Thank you. Um, but yeah, Fifth Grader with John Cena actually... It looks impressive. I, I don't know anything about the format, the changes, or, or any of that, but I do like Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader as a concept, and I do think putting it on Nickelodeon, where the audience is mostly fifth graders, would enjoy it. Uh, it I don't know if Nickelodeon is really going to try their best to revive this show to identical to the Fox version. 
I know they did a revival uh, on Fox and it flopped after one season. So I hope this one doesn't flop. But if they lighten the load, maybe it'll be better. Uh, who knows? I I just hope they do not mess mess it up. To to be honest. Uh, in addition, to that Nickelodeon is bringing back all that with Keenan Thompson. So uh, I'm gonna say the same thing I said on Twitter. Get ready for a joke where they revive Good Burger, and then somebody's gonna say, "Can I speak to your manager?" And then Kel Mitchell shows up as Ed. And goes, uh, no. And everyone's going to laugh in the audience because they're dads. And all the kids in the audience are going to be confused. Because that's going to be the new all that. Also to bring back Are You Afraid of the Dark? And have a spinoff of Spongebob Squarepants. And a Paddington Bear cartoon. Um, but to me, the focus right now is on fifth grader. I think that's kind of an interesting thing. I mean, better than bringing back Make the Grade, in my opinion. So, good on them. Uh, but... I, I don't I don't know. There's supposed to be drama in Fifth Grader, and I don't know if there's going to be the same drama on there. I know the syndicated show kind of d- truncated the the drama in the danger, and that kind of didn't really appeal to the show until it reached the final question, which was the eleventh uh, uh, question. I don't know if that means that's going to be the sixth grade question or something, but who knows. Maybe they'll be slime. Maybe if you don't know, maybe if you're not smarter than a fifth grader, you get slimed. So, something like that. It's Nickelodeon. Let's just face it. They're, they're kind of they're kind of becoming Disney now. Uh, I've read Slimed, the Slimed book, and it's kind of weird seeing how they wanted to be the anti-Disney and how closer and closer they are to just becoming Disney. But maybe, uh, and this is just before I, I fin- finish off this tangent about the news, maybe Nickelodeon would be better if they just start putting more programming on Nickelodeon. Uh, ch- check a look at Disney Channel and Cartoon Network and see how they only put like one show on for maybe like an hour or two hours and then move on to a different show. Because... I don't think it being a four-hour-long SpongeBob marathon, even though you have all these other cartoons like The Loud House or Double Dare or or even like a Nick News revival, something like Nick News. You have all of these formats. You have Power Rangers. You have um, you you have uh, I think Blink. They just got the rights to Ninja Turtles. They got the Ninja Turtles, right? So how come I can't see the Ninja Turtles today? Put on the Ninja Turtles. Put on Power Rangers. Put on these different shows. I don't understand why they're not being shown. And then if I want to see Double Dare, it's only on Fridays. When you already have these reruns, like you already have put 40 episodes out. You can rerun them right now. Why aren't you rerunning the shows weekdays? They are do they are screwing up because of scheduling, and I do not think they understand the necessary need to have a streaming service then. If you're not putting on your new shows that you're paying money for, why not do a streaming service so when the kids have free time, they could watch it? It makes no sense how the only time I can watch a new game show is if I go to the YouTube channel and watch Drop That Seat. Like, if it's on my own time and the kids are on their own time... That makes sense. But Nickelodeon is deciding, eh, whatever, we don't know anymore. And I don't know who to blame. So I feel for me, Fifth Grader might be a good show, but they're going to blow their budget and they're not going to recoup their wins and they're going to cancel the show. And it's not going to be because of John Cena is a bad host or the format is bad. I believe it's going to be they're going to have it be an hour-long show. It's going to be exactly like Fifth Grader minus one or two little tweaks, like a fourth different cheat. 
and then it's just going to be like, well, we only got 300,000 views, so never mind. And, and I'm going to be disgruntled because I know this show is going to do so well on Nickelodeon, but they are just not going to schedule it. They're not going to schedule it accordingly. They're going to put it on once at like 8 p.m. on Thursday and not really advertise it except for a couple of times, probably at the Kids' Choice Awards, and that's it. So I, I, I'm a little peeved. Anyway, that, that's that's my uh, fifth grader rant. I, I Small fortune, bad news. Fifth grader, optimistic, but knowing it's Nickelodeon, they're probably going to screw it up. And now we move on to some good news. Uh, American Ninja Warrior is being renewed on NBC. That's right. Hosted by Matt Iceman and Akbar. I always forget how to pronounce your last name. Obstacle Course Competition Series will show in six cities this season, including L.A. at Universal Studios Backlot, Atlanta at the Home Depot Backyard at Mercedes Stadium, Oklahoma City at the State Capitol Building, Baltimore at Rashfield, and Cincinnati downtown, along with its inaugural trip to the Pacific Northwest with its first time shooting indoors at Washington's iconic Tacoma Dome. I like American Ninja Warrior, and I think ABC picking it up is a great idea. I, I love that show because it is a good incorporation of a sports broadcast with a physical challenge-based game show. Uh, it is one where it, I would compare it, I would say it's better than American Gladiators. How uh, Jeopardy is to trivia, this should be for all-around athleticism, and I appreciate that uh, they try their best to do new obstacles every time, but still keep some mainstays like the Warped Wall. So... Congrats on American Ninja Warrior for getting the revival. I really hope that just stays. I mean, that is a show that could really just stay on for years upon years. Because you will you now have kids this time now who are doing all of these sky jumps and are doing all these trampoline parks and learning parkour. They can grow up to be the contestants in 5, 10 years. So you have a lo like longevity type show here with American Ninja Warrior. So please, NBC, I know you're screwing up with Small Fortune, but please do not screw up with Ninja Warrior. This is a top tier show of yours. You should not screw this up. It's really simple. Speaking of shows being revived, uh, MTV brought back Singled Out. I know you guys probably not know that because it's not on broadcast. It's on YouTube. They brought back Singled Out. Remember that show with Hardwick and Jenny McCarthy in the 90s? Uh, they did that now, but now it is uh, supposed to be like a dating site-based thing on what looks like a really shitty black box theater that they got in Los Angeles. So uh, this time around, they have... Justina Valentine, I, I guess sometimes as host and sometimes as the Hardwick and Conceited as the other sometimes host. And they swap roles every once in a while. So this time around, instead of it being in two parts with twenty single with 50 single men and single, 50 single women, it is now broken into two halves. There's 25 single men or single women and then 25 single men, single women online because of MTV.com or, or something. And then round one is played the same with the picker, and then it's the decision with the voiceover role for the URL. And then they have to decide who do you want more. Do you want the person that's online, or do you want the person that's in the audience? And if you pick the online person, you get revealed of who the person is. But be careful. The online person could be a catfish because online dating these days, catfishing, right? All right. Anyway, they brought it back for season two now. I just now saw season one when I got the news. I'm not saying it's trash. I'm just saying it's very cheap. And I'm surprised it's not on Nick, on uh, not Nick, it's on MTV proper. Because uh, I think it could actually do well if you just flip the script and put 
two episodes up on MTV proper. But hey, it's on YouTube. It's free. That that tells me you don't need a cable subscription to watch Singled Out. And to me, that's that's a plus. On the negative side, it is Singled Out, and it's still a shitty show to be honest it's really shit (laughs) like i was trying to figure out something positive um i guess uh justina fits the role and so does conceited like if i'm going for a modern like casting choice they kind of nailed it i guess and it's quicker because it's like 10 minutes long so you can probably binge the entire first season and and have uh, okay time i guess uh singled out Welcome back. I guess you are back. You are back, Singled Out. Oh, how I miss thee. Uh, no one has picked Singled Out yet on this show. With probably good reason. So now we got to go do some quick Jeopardy news. Jeopardy is doing their all-star games, their first ever team-based tournament. Their rules are weird, uh, where one episode is round one, and then next day is two, three, and it continues. And I don't know if this is like, in, in the actual syndicated TV market, or is this going to be on Facebook or something? I'm still trying to get that information. But um, whoever wins the team tournament gets to split the $1 million prize. And it started. It starts tonight, uh, February 20th. So get on that, I guess. Also, the Jeopardy registrations are up. If you want to be a contestant on Jeopardy, feel free to uh, register at Jeopardy.com. I have failed that more times than I have probably been alive. I am bad at Jeopardy, but I still register, and maybe you can too. Uh, you set the date, then you answer some questions, and then you feel stupid about yourself, and then if you if you actually get enough questions correct, you can audition to be a contestant on the real show. And then you might have to have some weird story about how you once had breakfast with Barbara Bush or something. Okay, so now we gotta go to Fox. So I was originally talking, we're still waiting for that hilarious new show, Mental Samurai, to show up, where people basically go into vomit comedy and answer trivia questions. They have pushed their date to now March 19th, hosted by Rob Lowe. That's it. I'm going to almost predict they're going to push it off again at this point. They're going to push it into the summer, make it a summer series if they keep this up. Or maybe they're just going to just end it because maybe no one's really that interested in Mental Samurai. But also, MasterChef Junior premieres March 12th. That is a, a cute show. I do like the the fact they took the MasterChef format and they gave it towards kids. And it's not necessarily like completely all, oh, ew, gross, slimy stuff. They, they kind of do showcase how these kids are very talented in cooking. And I think that's, that's really nice. Uh, usually a lot of these children's cooking things are kind of awkward. And some of them really are, especially the ones on the Food Network. But hey, you know, you're doing a kid's version of a, of a reality television staple. Go for it. So, so congratulations to MasterChef Junior. Best of luck on your new season. And now I have to look at some press releases real quick. Like I said, there's a lot of news. So BYU TV, I think that's Brigham Young, Brigham Young Television, because you need a new family channel for, I guess, Mormons. I uh, have three new shows. Dinner Takes All is a family cooking competition show hosted by celebrity chef Kelsey Nixon, in which two teams of five family members go head-to-head to cook the best Sunday dinner. I get it now. Each team uses family recipes to create an entree, Three side dishes and a dessert while simultaneously playing interactive food-centric games for bonus points. Winning families receive a $10,000 cash prize. Okay, it is from Keller Knoll who makes Chopped and Chopped Jr. So I guess that might actually be a good idea for a show because it is from the Chopped producers. But at the same time, I've never heard of this network till right now. Uh, number two, uh, the hilarious interactive musical improv series Show Offs 
gives its cast along with special celebrity guests the chance to show off by performing a spontaneous improvised player musical promoted by random ideas from the studio audience and accompanied by a live band hosted by comedian casey jost of late night with jimmy fallon its cast features executive producers and co-creators mclean nelson jake van wagoner as well as lisa valentine clark and Haley smith show off is a kaleidoscope picture good guys productions and byu tv so boy we finally get the mod television show that people at the ucb finally get to see but probably without any of the risque business because it is a family channel. And finally, with the with the third new show, the comedic game show Battle of the Ages pits two multi-generational family teams against each other in mental and physical challenges with the opportunity to pick a competitor from the opposing team to test their knowledge on a specific area. This game show will get families talking and laughing while they learn more about each other. Battle of the Ages is from Bill's Market and Television Productions, makers of Ellen's Game of Games and Fear Factor and BYU TV. I think that is... Uh, okay. I mean, you're just making the generation game then, the generation gap also, but okay, sure. Some of these are all just like watered down versions of shows I have seen before, but I mean, if this isn't like a, let's see what BYU TV, uh, is a trusted contemporary, clean, yet clever, sophisticated enough to inspire children and parents alike. Uh, all right. That's, uh, for more complete listings of BYU TV's programming, visit BYUTV.org. All right. There's also something called Relative Race, which I'm guessing is like a bootleg version of the Amazing Race. And Sketch Series Studio C, which I'm going to guess the C stands for Christ. Um, I look forward to seeing Colby's revival. So Everything is Terrible has something to to root for. Uh I mean, good ideas, I guess. Sure. Uh, so the final news story of of the day uh, is a little political. I have to admit, it's a little political. It has to deal with our president, you, you, a president game show host, uh, Donald Trump. Uh, so CBS cut away President Trump's declaration of the national emergency at the border wall on Friday. Uh, to return to its regularly scheduled programming of The Price is Right on the East Coast. Uh, all the broadcast and cable news networks carried the declaration and press conference that followed if only CBS decided to cut away after 21 minutes before the event was complete. Uh, typically, when it comes to the daytime shows with The Price is Right, especially with presidents, usually CBS uh, preempts The Price is Right so you hear the presidential speech. This is the first time it's been the other way around, where CBS went, you know, our ratings aren't going to be as good with Donald Trump talking, so we're just going to go back to Drew Carey. And I just got to celebrate that, because as longtime game show host snobs know, when a president gives a speech, Price is Right fans just go ballistic. So at least this time around, I guess the Price is Right fans have something to egg Donald Trump on. Like, nah, nah, the Price is Right is more popular than you. Which, I, I mean, given my statistics, I will safely say I think the Price is Right approval ratings is much higher than Donald Trump. But uh, <laughs> it is it is Donald Trump. So that, that, that's, that's the conclusion of our news segment. And now we get to introduce a brand new segment to the show. That's right. A hot news segment right after the news. It's some section of the news section uh, relating to things that you can play at home. This is a segment I like to call the phone home game. (laughs) 
Viacom International Media Networks launches interactive game show MTV Stacks on Facebook Watch in the UK. The company's global division, Viacom International Media Networks, has partnered with the social media platform to launch MTV Stacks. It launches today, Monday, February 18th at 4 p.m. MTV Stacks is a free-to-play game broadcast live on Facebook Watch three times a week for 10 weeks. In each game, player must answer and answer 10 pop culture-focused questions for the chance to win a share of a big cash prize. The episodes will be shot at MTV's Camden Bay studio and will be hosted by MTV News presenters including Tanea Taylor and Tyler West. So in other words, an HQ clone. Also, Facebook orders Steph Curry docuseries sets BuzzFeed News live trivia game launch. BuzzFeed's Outside Your Bubble was an experimental concept that originated in early 2017 as an attempt to show readers what's happening outside their own social media cocoon. The game show challenges contestants to reach across the cultural divide to guess what their opponents on the other side are thinking. The show will be hosted by Brian Tong, an online TV and radio host, curator, and podcaster of one of the hosts for WarnerMedia's DC Universe. Outside Your Bubble features a dynamic jackpot that can fluctuate throughout the show depending on decisions that are made by the studio contestants. <sighs> also, speaking of game shows, Endless Games has now announced there's a card game version of Jeopardy and Jeopardy Jr. TV's most popular quiz show now celebrates 55 years of answering the form of question with this quick-to-play travel card game edition. Each deck plays out like a full episode of the TV game show, complete with Jeopardy, Double Jeopardy, and Final Jeopardy rounds. Also, Wheel of Fortune card game and Wheel of Fortune card game Jr. edition. Play TV's favorite letter-flipping, solve-the-puzzle word game on the go in this travel-friendly card game version. Shuffle the deck and flip your way through the wheel, then call out a letter and try to solve the mystery phrase from the puzzle deck. Just look out for that bankrupt card for ages 10 and up. Also, Funko Pop is now debuting to a bunch of new Funkos. One is celebrating Alex Trebek, both available in Modern and with Mustache. Also, Wheel of Fortune with Pat Sajak, Vanna White, and Vanna White with a much better dress. That's right, Funko Pops, please buy them. Please. They have to... They have all this inventory and they need to sell it. And I assume you kids would want a Funko Pop of Alex Trebek or Vanna White or Pat Sajak. I mean, it's game shows. It all started in the Strawberry Canyon swimming pool at the University of California, Berkeley in 1984 by one man, David Siefkin. A script for a PC video game where children would understand geography through the eyes of a detective on a global manhunt for a thief a genre known as edutainment, a combination of education and entertainment. One such character was a combination of Brazilian singer and actress Carmen Miranda in the neighboring California city of San Diego. Shortly after writing the first script, David Sifkin would depart from Broderbund and become a foreign service officer for the United States State Department. What Broderbun and the team would find out is the game would go on to not only sell over a quarter million copies for the Commodore 64, but get cult-like appeal on DOS, Windows, and Macintosh computers. The success of the game would later spawn off into a children's animated program by Deke, and later a rebooted animated series in 2019 with Gina Rodriguez as the titular character. But we have to go to the scene of the crime and answer the all-important question, where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? Now let's turn the table! (laughs) 
With me on the line is the host of the hilarious leftist Dragon Ball Z podcast and Dragon Ball Z Good Times podcast. And Dragon Ball, I, I guess you're 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 still on Super, falling out Super Zone. Jeremy Hammond. Hi, hello, happy to be here talking about little cops. That's right. This is the Where in the World is Carmen San Diego episode. And I can't think of anyone better to have than the guy who talks about trunks and and Krillin on a near weekly basis. Yeah, I uh, I, I have a lot of experience with uh, short cops, and uh, so I feel as though uh, my expertise will uh, will serve us well in this setting. In this the game show podcast that I have. In the expanded world of, I guess, leftist media critiques of different genres of programming. Uh, so Personally, I just can't believe that this show didn't end with Carmen Sandiego getting shot. <laughs> and like, <laughs> well, it'd that, be like, it was at this point that I discharged my pistol. She uh, she swooped her red jacket in a very dangerous seeming way, so I had to discharge my pistol. Congratulations, you did it. You just Common San Diego can no longer steal any more can no longer steal any more artifacts. Here's your prize. It's a trip to well, I guess you just want to go downstairs to the museum. Okay, fine. You go to the Natural <laughs> History Museum. It's right down the block. Fine. You could have had anywhere in North America. You chose really like what, right down the street. Okay. Wait, is is the rule North America? Yes, the rule. Well, because in this episode, uh, so, uh, the the child chose Yellowstone National Park, which I thought was a strange choice, considering that it was the options were anywhere in the world. But if it's anywhere in the, in North America, yeah, it's still a little weird. But I could see a little bit more of the reason originally it was just anywhere in the united states oh wow so they ex- they at least expanded it they at least expanded in the later seasons this was uh the it was the corn episode it was this they stole some corn from a corn museum yeah uh it, <laughs> that's the episode we you're gonna saw. win a trip to anywhere you want to go in iowa it's like okay if i was a kid you know and this was like the early 90s disney world well, you're in New York, yeah, so naturally. you're in New York City, so you're probably going to say something like California then, or yeah. or maybe you're going to say Seattle or Texas or something that's like a different climate than New York City. Yeah. But, but here we go. Yellowstone makes sense, though. Yellowstone. Something with like, I want to see my grandparents from Oregon. But the thing is, no one really wins that Carmen San Diego final round. So uh, let's just go straight into, I guess, the rules explanation of where in the world is Carmen San Diego. Uh, Please explain these rules because, wow, I don't think that throughout the whole thing I ever really got a consistent idea of what the rules of the game are. <laughs> that is something I don't even think kids can understand. And then you watch in a later age uh, how weird it is. Uh, we're not going to do anything about the scenes yet, or the chief, or Greg Lee, the host. This is strictly just okay. the format itself of where in the world is Carmen San Diego. There is a so, storyline where there is an artifact that has been stolen by a subservient, I guess like a mid-boss uh, in, a, in a video game kind of way, orchestrated right. by Carmen San Diego. 
And, and, you're and in this show, in this, uh, uh, Carmen Sandiego is a bit like uh, Moriarty in uh, the BBC version of Sherlock, where, like, no matter how outlandish it seems, like, she's somehow always behind it. Oh, you know, you're like, me. I don't even, she doesn't even seem like she'd be that interested in stealing the corn off of the, the corn monument in corn town. And yet she sent this greaseball Italian to go do it. <laughs> this like, <laughs> by the really end of the episode, you're like, sure, whatever. <laughs> Carmen <laughs> San Diego has like recorded several videos of herself saying like, tick tock, tick tock, Sherlock, time to find the, the corn. TikTok, only you can find the St. Louis Arch. It's like a fifth season episode. We kind of went through every national monument. Uh, St. Louis Arch is cool as hell, man. I got nothing but uh, nothing but good things to say about that thing. And then it'll be like the Pez Museum in like Bismarck or something. I would love to go to the Pez Museum, man. You're just naming cool stuff. <laughs> so every uh, so it's three kids, uh, uh, mostly of like fifth grade, sixth grade age. And each of them gets 50 Acme crime bucks because we can't yep. give physical money out. <laughs> this is a currency only used in the busting of crime. <laughs> this is, I mean, what, I mean, what, why do else do you think there is a, a big criminal is justice? It, <laughs> is it just all the money that they get from civil forfeiture? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> they call it crime bucks. It's the crime <laughs> This is, I mean, how do you think uh, Kamala Harris got bankrolled for the last <laughs> election cycle? It's actually crime bucks. Everyone knows that. She uh, calls all the bribes. So then there is like a little skit, like an actor, like from Rockapella or The Chief or Greg Lee or somebody uh, would, would show up, do a little funny bit like, oh, look, I have these cookies here, and oh, they're they're French, and they're delicious, and, you know, speaking of French, I went to the French city that is famous for its wine. Oh, thank you. So what city, What? where are we at? Were we in this place, this place, or this place? Yeah, and, and this one was interesting uh, in this episode. I know we're not talking about the episode yet, but I really simply have to because this is the beginning of my utter confusion with what the format of this show was. <laughs> because the, the beginning of this episode was, uh, uh, I am the th- I am the second largest country in Asia, and yes. I sat here in front of my computer saying, by population or size. <laughs> <laughs> and then they didn't answer that and it was russia or china which definitely falls into both of those categories <laughs> but uh so, so if you answer the question correctly everyone gets to basically play the same question and if you get it right you get 10 crime bucks good job buckaroos you got your your 10 crime bucks uh and then later on there would be a lightning round where questions are worth, I believe, another 10 or 5 points. Let me just double check real quick, just so I don't, you know, get corrected by the game show community. Uh, lightning so round. So we off any of you Carmen heads out there. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, after three sketches are performed, two in the final season, and sometimes in the second season, the game moved to a lightning round, which began deliberately a cheesy lightning effect. Three questions. Uh, all right. Answered fi- it's for five. It's for five crime bucks. All right. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> now you know it's five not ten 
there I helped you out. And then there's sometimes a office sketch where it's, hey, fill out a postcard with your name, address, and then on the back, four locations and what was stolen that day. (laughs) (laughs) So you can win a Carmen t-shirt. I mean, at the time, this was Carmen San Diego. This was like the hottest edutainment yeah, you want that shirt, series. Dude, you, you definitely want that shirt. It wasn't like even like the jackets they wore or the the travel kit. They had like a backpack with the World Atlas. Oh, is there any evidence that any of these kids actually ever won anything? Uh, yes, there actually is a few things. Uh. One time I thought Chris Gefford was actually a contestant because someone's last name was Gefford. Oh, uh, Greg Gefford was. Yes. Yeah, Greg Gefford was. And I think Yeah, he... Greg Gefford is Chris's brother. And Greg, uh oh really? Yeah, then... yeah Greg Gefford. Chris Gefford's brother was on Carmen San Diego. Then he probably would have gone the bill bag with the t shirt and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Before his mom probably donated all the goodwill when he was like in middle school. Uh, I can ask him. <laughs> he probably he probably at least has like the backpack left or something. Uh, and then ends with like a chase sequence, which is just kind of like here's a location, and it's another lightning round for five points each. Uh, and then it concludes with a final Jeopardy scenario where you can wager up to fifty points in ten crime buck increments. Sorry, not points, crime bucks, and. <laughs> Oh wait, what? the 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 final Jeopardy bit where you put in your bid. Yeah, you put in your bid with here's your one of three locations. Put in your wager, and then there's the little skit being played. All right, and the one we None saw today was my favorite one because it was here's like three Canadian cities, and then here's this, this French city, and it's like oh okay, I was like as a funny skit I guess, and then it concludes with you heard it here, French speaking Canadian province. And the Expos for like do baseball here. <laughs> like these are that's a, like a sports question. None of these kids will figure that out. Oh, and also, uh, if you're able to do like a Final Jeopardy thing where you put in a bid, and at this point you're pretty late in the game, and you've seen just how easy this game show is, because literally everybody got every answer right. Nobody had to take a second chance at almost anything up until that point. Why is everybody not just going for a true daily double? They're, well, they can go up to 50. Uh, because uh, is, the score They don't explain par- that out loud. Because the score parameter is they start out with 50. So in the event someone just totally just sucked royally on Carmen San Diego. We're looking for a uh, city in Arizona. Uh, maybe it's San Diego. <laughs> Uh, so, so if the they show. had no like, and that's all they had left, and then, and then they can go for the fifty points and probably still lose. So, whoever had the lowest score at the end of the, this part of the game is eliminated. They're they're probably a little upset because oh man, I can't get to continue playing this game. I'm made an embarrassment of myself, and uh, they get the Acme clue kit, the Acme. Messenger bag, Acme. It really just has like National Geographic magazine, a T-shirt, and like a digital camera or something, like some sort of. No, no, digital cameras were not a thing back then. It was probably like just like a regular ass like film camera, like one of yeah. those like Kodak film easy display cameras. It was like probably like five bucks that they got at the thrifty ice cream. 
and then they have the final two people continue with what's called the jail time challenge, which seems to be the one of the most iconic parts of the show. Oh yeah, yeah, that's the best part. Where also, I'm sorry, I'm a little distracted right now. I just started googling Carmen San Diego fan art. <laughs> All uh, kinds of stuff. Well, there. I mean, it's carbon. Hell yeah. Just, for the for the listener at home, I just sent a picture of uh, Carmen San Diego with her feet in the foreground of the picture. <laughs> oh, her that, bare feet. There is a. There is some. There's a My Little Pony. There is uh, where on I earth is Carmen Pony, San Diego? Carmen with freshly painted toenails. Just curled ever so slightly inward, right at the camera, just like you like. (laughs) Can't believe it. Uh, So in the Jail Time Challenge, uh, there is 15 landmarks, and essentially it's just dumb luck, because they have to find the loot, the warrant, and then the crook. You need the loot, because that's the evidence to get the warrant, to get the warrant for the arrest of the crook. What is the last bit? It's because it was the loot, the warrants, and what's the third one? The crook. So it's whoever was the guy. So Vic the Slope. Oh, so you actually got to catch the guy now. Yeah, but you can't get the guy unless you have a warrant for his arrest. But, but you need to have to have the warrant. You need evidence. So you have to have the loot. You can get the warrant before the loot. No, you have to have the loot, the warrant, and then the crook in that order. Interesting. Okay. Fair enough. So it's all... And so you just... can't find the warrant until you've found the loot? Yes. So it really that was just dumb luck. Sense. This is the dumb luck portion of the show. <laughs> it really is. And it's also like it starts out in a way where you're like, this is a clever game mechanic. I like this. And then almost instantly becomes tedious as you hear them repeat the loot the and loot. The warrant over and over the again. The warrant. The warrant. The loot. The loot. The so warrant. Bad. The warrant. And then eventually they get so tired up that when they screw up, they're just like, this, they had it out for the kid on this episode, Kyle. <laughs> like every single time Damn. Kyle was up to pick something, they just had it out for the poor kid. It's like, the loot, the warrant. <laughs> like just to say, he's like, shut up, kid. <laughs> Can, uh these barbershop quartet shitheads <laughs> rockabella in their hit where in the world is carmen san diego uh fun fact about that is uh apparently the creator sean altman went on to do where in time and that theme song that mm-hmm. where in the world is uh is is his his thing and apparently there's like a big dispute in that rockabella circle over who has the rights to sing that song <laughs> so like if you ever see anything now with Where the World's Carmen San Diego, it just says original song writer Sean Altman and Rockapella cannot like have any albums with that one song, so it's so they have now something called Carmen San Diego uh, 2020, which I'm guessing she's running for president now. <laughs> Everyone's running. It's on the, it's on Netflix, right? They're doing a Netflix thing now. That there it is. That one too. It's not a game show. It's just a cartoon series. Uh, where it's basically like the origin story of Carmen Sandiego, but now she's not just like a world thief. Now she's just stealing for good. She's like a Robin Hood character. She's gonna stop. I'm the sorry. Thief. I'm. I so I sent you that picture of Carmen Sandiego's feet. I am. I am multitasking now because I've now fallen down the rabbit hole of what I've found is animated foot scene wiki. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
This is the, yeah, that's um, and that is someone's boob uh, with a glow. Yeah, that's a that, that's a different one. That's from a that's from a cosplay. That but is... I found this is just like a, a site that catalogs every time you see a bare foot of somebody in an anime. <laughs> Save that for your podcast. If you're doing I'm sorry, <laughs> I gotta look for the Dragon Ball one. <laughs> Are you going to now look up for like some hot takes on Carmen San Diego for the? Yeah, we could do a dark passenger, dark passenger on this podcast. Beep beep, all aboard! Get the loot, the warrant, and the crook. <laughs> all right. Uh, also, so whoever gets the loot, the warrant, and the crook, uh, obviously they save the day because they they stopped the guy from stealing. They got the the thing back to the the place of the scene, so everything's safe. Hooray! But now there's still one person they have to grab, and that's the elusive Carmen San Diego. Right. To do that, they have to pinpoint with using giant plungers with like a a police siren glued to it. They have to find. They have to go through a map of a, one continent, rather it's North America, South America, usually Africa, because Africa's a real hard uh, place to figure out because there's a lot of uh, countries to determine. But yeah, I would be pissed if I got Africa and then like someone else I knew got North America. Well, North America is just states usually, so it's like they went to oh, Cal- okay. they went to Germany, they went to for the Europe or Asia. Uh, Australia would probably be the funniest one because it's just Australia. Yeah. Carmen went to Australia. Except go- to go through all those like dumb cities that they have. <laughs> he like went to three Queensland. real ones and then a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> so uh, if they can find, if they can go through eight countries in 45 seconds, not a minute, usually these game shows last like a minute. Uh, it's it's eight in forty five. They went a trip anywhere in North America. Earlier it was just anywhere in the United States. Uh, but usually it's tough because first it's upside down. Two, you have to run around to like pinpoint this. And and three, did I mention no one really wins the show? <laughs> like they really want it, so it's like seven out of eight or six out of eight. And then oh, you don't want to be. You don't want to be paying that airfare and whatever. You know, you want to make it pretty tough to win that last prize. <laughs> so so it's like, oh, Carmen escaped. But then if you do, if you succeed, because usually there's just like this stupid like cartoon uh, headline that says, Carmen escapes again. Oh, well. But if you capture it, they put your full name on it as if you captured Carmen San Diego. This is like front page news. Carmen's gone. <laughs> <laughs> But then she just escapes again, I guess. Congratulations, Bob Mueller captured Carmen Sandiego, the elusive. <laughs> this, this is the game show for resistance people, isn't it? Now that I think about it. And that's what they think is going to happen. Bob Mueller is just like putting those, uh, uh, putting those lights on all the different, st- all the different uh, cities <laughs> he's in, in Russia. He's just, <laughs> he has a, just a he's big map of, a map of New of York Russia. City. He just has a big map of New York. All right, <laughs> Donald went to went to Trump Tower. Trump Tower. Then he went. Put a light down on Moscow. Put it down on St. Petersburg. He did it. <laughs> And they'll, and then Rockapella's somehow still there. <laughs> like 25 years later, just where in the world is 
but yeah, so so uh, the here let's get to the, some of the fun stuff of the show because now that was that was just the format. That is the game show. <laughs> As you're oh, still looking moved. at Carmen San Diego toes, okay. <laughs> oh, I've I've moved on. I've moved on. Now you're moved on to the uh, crooks. Now there's double trouble. There's penny larceny. <laughs> there's so many feet. So little time. All right. So are we going to talk about like the show overall now? Yeah. Now we can talk about the show overall. I very fascinated. I'm very fascinated by it. First of all, I think so. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this show kind of speaks to this early 90s optimism we had about what the future was going to be in terms of like the promise of globalism. You got more to... specifically, like the internet and like this idea that we had where we were becoming a more interconnected society and everybody was going to be able to speak to each other. And we were going to be this like multicultural, multi ethnic. Oh yeah, people who are all happy with each other and stand side by side playing video games where you arrest people. <laughs> That's it. It's the cultural melting pot. I mean, yeah, you should bring this up. It was. It's based off the PC ROM series by Broder Bond, where it basically is, I guess, true to the PC game, where it's just here's some dorky guy going, "Oh, uh, she has red hair and she likes olives, and she went to the country where yen is the currency." <laughs> Because, you know, whenever there's a deposition Yen. or a witness testimony, that's exactly how they do it. It's, well. <laughs> <laughs> this is oh. an accurate representation of what it's like to work with an informant. <laughs> <laughs> there was a breaking at the house. Uh, tall guy, dark hair, really loved pizza for some reason. Oh, of course, it's the Olive Gang. We gotta go. <laughs> The black uh, olive game. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> show presents us with this this uh, multi ethnic panel of kids who, uh, I mean, I guess they come from the United States, but they're from various different backgrounds. And I think it. I don't know. I mean, it's like this this optimistic world we used to live in, where we thought that the future was going to be like that, and not like the the hellscape it is in reality, where like this was 1994 this episode aired so those kids are all like i don't know in their 30s now probably yeah it's, uh and it's a pretty safe bet that 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 the white kid probably hates the other two now right i i could see that uh, but and then it seems like he was well on his way to getting red pilled or it's that or it's the flip opposite he has become so engaged with geography and so engaged with trying to capture carmen san diego He's made it his life mission now to basically be like the the armchair Mueller investigator. But did you know <laughs> this happened? <laughs> Do you really know? I could see that too. Yeah. <laughs> he he keeps he's one of those he's one of those tweet replyers, but it's always Jake Tapper on CNN. Just yeah, he's one of those TikTok TikTok people. TikTok TikTok. Um. So also, you Time's brought the internet up for you, Mister President. <laughs> You brought up the internet in the last season of the Where in the World's Carmen San Diego. They said it would be a great funny twist was in the Jail Time Challenge, that second to last segment. What if we use the internet to get to places? Okay. And they do with like a digital like Star Trek effect because that's how the internet works. Yeah, and so that's what I was saying is it's like this world where we all thought the internet was going to make us empathetic 
better people and not just more isolated freaks with a with a a, a more effective means of racially abusing celebrities. That's you know it's. It, <laughs> It's, this is this is a, a very optimistic look at the future of America, and we failed Carmen San Diego. Or, or this is what Carmen actually wanted, because now we're all, all distracted. along. This is Carmen's nefarious plan. So now no, she's going- she she employs a multi ethnic gang too. I mean, I'm looking at the, uh, the double I'm trouble at the gang up here. Uh, Vic the Slick. Uh, the Slick is clearly Italian. Uh, there's a punk rocker. There's a RoboCop. There's Robo Robo Crook. Robo Crook. Uh, <laughs> and uh, these people POC. Yeah. <laughs> Can't tell actually from reading these. Are, are there like pictures of like the the Carmen Rogues Gallery? Not only is there, I'm surprised you haven't found that already through your fan art. Like there is a community. There's like I once saw a fan fiction with some of these people. This is just like. A, a really poorly illustrated, like, MS, MS Paint, maybe early oh, Photoshop characters uh-huh. through a chroma effect. Okay, so, yeah, these are, uh, these are all white people. Never mind. Carmen is 100%. That's why she wears the red jacket. <laughs> no, she wears a duster. We should have known. Now we she figured. wears a duster and a wide-brimmed hat. But I mean, like Sarah Nade and Penny Patty Larceny, so so feminist win. Oh, but they're like those those MAGA thirst traps on Twitter. Like the what are they? The MAGA choir, the ones who just like go on and like sing stupid little songs about how they're gonna like fucking like. Also, they're always about how they're gonna like sexually assault Bob Mueller in a way he's not gonna like. <laughs> also, how can you say there's no people of color? There's Nimoy that big purple circle that looks like a bastardization of Kirby and your emojis. Yeah, that, it's the emoji movie. It, <laughs> does he count as POC? Maybe. I mean, he changes all the colors, so. I guess one of the Yin Yang twins is is uh, not white. Yeah, there you go. I don't uh, know if the, Gray is. <laughs> in, the one, in the episode we also saw today, I should point this out, because uh, it's Rockapel, we should bring this up. You know, I would say they're a little talented. They're an acapella man, so I'm assuming... This is probably like a kid's first introduction to the acapella music craze, and they would yeah, great as they would cover REM's stand. This is a hundred percent a red pill psyop. The acapella is a white nationalist art form. I, I I don't think anybody who's truly woke has ever been in an acapella group. You could correct me if I'm wrong. So, on that sorry, one. Pentatonics, you're canceled. I'm writing you in the canceled book. You're in the canceled book. This this is you. you it is yourself. Uh, so so moving moving on uh, but, from this uh, riff, we uh, the other thing that I really took note of in this uh, show, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong. You know more about game shows than I do. Is this the only game show in the history of game shows that involves the host's inner monologue? <laughs> he did break into an inner monologue. Uh, there are some game shows that have done a skit-based question format. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm pretty sure that was probably done on remote control uh, in the 80s. Right. And probably Chris Hardwick's trashed in the 90s. Uh, <laughs> but we don't talk about that show for multitude of reasons. 
Chris Hardwick, you should just join up with the Carmen gang. You know, you belong. <laughs> what, you, what you guys you want to do, huh? You guys, you think you're so tough? Well, guess what now? Guess what? Now I have the Seattle Space Needle. Now I have it. <laughs> <laughs> the wall was built to change lives. Well, guess what? I just stole the Great Wall of China. <laughs> Although they're doing the Netflix Carmen San Diego, that he's going to do an after Carmen show. I'm taking all the points. I'm taking all the points. Tarvik has taken the points to a city where uh, they speak French and eat bagels. Hmm. What's <laughs> Portugal? I also said Portugal. I also said Portugal. <laughs> Any You're all wrong. Not a city. Not a city. <laughs> <laughs> all answer the same thing every time. There was only one time in the whole episode where, where one of them broke with the others, and it was for the dumbest answer of the whole and thing. And you wonder, like, did they peek at each other's paper? Or yeah, how does that work? They don't explain that. <laughs> I mean, there is a the vibes, There is a division wall. I should point this out. Just, just, just kind of we're goofing, but just so I don't get the hate mail. There is a divisor wall, but I really do assume someone just peeked over because it's such a tiny ass wall. It's a dividing wall. But then the other thing is like, when are they? When are they choosing these answers? Because they have them on these pre-printed cards. Oh, uh, so what they do? Okay, so if you know it, here down the little hole, the production Jordan's stepping in here. So if you notice, every question had different colored cardstock. I did not notice. So there is a yellow card, then there was a dark red, then there was a lighter red, then there was like a green. Uh, so it, and it, it follows through like up to up, like so you see all the different colors, and you just go I, down but- like the little. Like almost like a little book, like almost like a little box of all the colors. Right, but that, so that accounts for answers. that accounts for the 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 whole game. But what I mean is, like per round, you know, let's say the answer to the question is Cairo. I presumably have three cards to represent the three possible yes. answers. At what point am I ditching the two cards and picking my one card? Oh, because they don't make that clear. What happens to the other two cards? Do they dump them somewhere? It's just left. It's left in the box. But it's they say the lock-in answer is whatever you have picked up, or in the event of the final clue, it's whatever you have put right next to the uh, wager. And on that one Trust is, it. and on that one is actually when the PA steps in and actually surveys and says, "Yep, that's official." Otherwise, it would just be lunacy, madness, right? <laughs> uh, so, so I should also point this out. Just uh, the hosting wise, uh, Greg Lee is the host of Winter Worlds Carmen San Diego. He got his start in this by being the warm up for Double Dare, like a warm up comic. Yeah, he was the warm up guy. He was with the kids. Okay, guys, let's make some noise. We're gonna have fun. Say hi to Mark Summers. All right, so who wants to taste the slime? Ivy! <laughs> and then everybody takes a little taste of it, and they're like, it tastes like apple. Wow, it really does taste like apple. Whoa! Out of Nickelodeon Studios? Uh, this was back in Philadelphia. Before it even went to Nickelodeon Studios in Orlando was the Philadelphia offices, and then to New York, and then to Nickelodeon Studios. 
And what I mean got, is you personally, have you ever been to the Nickelodeon studios? The the slime is just applesauce. No, it, I have not because I I was a California kid and I just, oh. I, 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 I had aspirations. And then I was like, okay, I am like 12. This isn't the time. Time to go. Oh, no, you just closed it down because they want to have the blue man group experience. Okay. Yeah, it's clearly just applesauce and like greenhouse paint. Uh, so the, the, the double dare slime, it used to be just like applesauce and, uh, actually it was food coloring. It was like your, your basic deck of cake, green color (laughs) frosting. Uh, and they would, and they used to be so expensive that they would eventually have to make their own with a vanilla pudding mix. Uh, but now, but now they actually have their own like top secret recipe at the Nick offices, like almost like a a Coca-Cola thing, like stuck in a vault. Mm. And it's like corn, it's like corn syrup now. It's a corn syrupy base slime. Uh, It looks the same, doesn't it? It is marked clear, but yeah, it is. Um, So Greg Lee got that. Lynn Thigpen uh, is the chief. Beloved Broadway actress. Uh... (laughs) Would go on to have a multitude of roles. Unfortunately, she passed away. R.I.P. She would have the no nonsense uh, rule. The basically the Amanda Waller of wearing the roles of Carmen Sandiego takes no shit from anybody. She's like Mo on Global Guts. Yes, but she doesn't go. Okay, Greg. At the sound of my whistle, the players will have to find Carmen by poking at a giant map uh- of South Africa. But I did get a very like similar vibe from this because uh, I also thought that Greg Lee was uh, Marco Malley or whatever the guy's name was from. <laughs> yeah, Guts. yeah, Michael Malley, the Emmy Award-winning actor, Michael Malley. What? Yeah, he got a for best guest role on Glee. He was the what? dad of the da- and not only that, he was the guy from Yesteryear. <laughs> Damn, he Look had a you, career. Michael Malley. <laughs> He's Emmy-winning Michael uh, Malley. Uh, but yeah, so, oh. so, so they, but I would say it was more like a two man, uh, group. It, it's the joking host guy and then the no nonsense chief. So they try and go for like a sitcom vibe with this game show. Right. Uh, but it, but it's clear that some of the times it was just like pre recorded. Len's like, I'm done here. I'm just going to record all of this at once. Is that okay? All right. Good job, you. Re- never specified the name just good job you 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 did your best here's a carmen san diego watch and the national geographic magazine thank you (laughs) good for you but i I just looked up what mo is up to she was on uh uh johnny bravo and codename kids next door yeah she's a voice actress uh she was uh, she was on legend of Korra, i believe so in star wars the old republic (laughs) She learn about all your favorites. She's in Skyrim. <laughs> yeah, she's a prominent voice actress. I'm surprised she has not been on Rob Paulson's podcast yet. <laughs> hey, can we do uh you you read the, the Godfather in one of your voices and I'll do the pinky and the brain voice. <laughs> that guy's podcast sucks. <laughs> Hey, hey, you know, the best thing about laughter is uh, the the refills are free. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he seems sweet. I'm not going to, like, donk on yeah, him. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm not coming out against Yakko. 
D. Bradley Baker, please come on the podcast. Talk about how you voiced Olmec. What are you afraid of? <laughs> Fucking Howard. You come on the show. To do the entire show as Olmec. Uh, <laughs> so, so the, uh, the, the course, the final round is bullshit. It's fucking tough no one really wins it yeah. apparently we saw a winner today with kyle kyle congratulations yeah who knew by just bringing in and just shutting up the host and then and then having good luck and then running around knowing the map of the world by simply running backwards and going oh it really is just the map of the world backwards <laughs> You can win the damn show. You gotta hand it to the kid. You gotta hand it to the kid. Uh, so, uh, there has been a lot of cameos. Uh, one fun one was Joe Biden, when he was just Senator Joe Biden was actually... Rules. He made a cameo on this. Because, <laughs> you know, it's a kid's game show, and so it's like, hey, look, we got celebrity guest here to read a question. <laughs> Senator Joe Biden from Delaware. Joe Biden. And the thing is, like, all the guests go like, oh, we're counting on you to capture Carmen, but I have a clue for you. Last I heard, and like, and then it's like, insert your, your dumb villain here. So it's like, uh, well, I heard that uh, Petty Larceny went to the, the, the state that is famous for its cheese steaks and also is home to the Flyers hockey team so you're, you're, what did joe biden do joe biden would just do a phone call and go like hey thank you i'm here to just let you know uh we're all good for you we're all friends and uh Hi, kids also, i'm senator joe biden i live in delaware so you don't have to yeah so there's a here i'll send you the link of it because there you go here's the here's the clip of just joe biden on the phone talking to greg lee <laughs> That's ow. Compromise. Young Joe Biden looks just like um, Bud Dwyer. He's <laughs> <laughs> a spitting image of Bud Dwyer. <laughs> well, we got to go to the giant map now and capture Carmen. Uh, also, apparently, when the, I should also point this out, when that meant the United States, it was only the continental. It couldn't be Hawaii or Alaska. <laughs> Oh, fuck off, because you know every kid was picking Hawaii. <laughs> Nowadays, when it's in North America, that includes Hawaii. But... <laughs> no, every kid was picking Hawaii. Everyone would pick Hawaii. Uh, also, sometimes the gunshoe fell down during one noble is the unaired episode, Odd Lang Gone, where a gumshoe named Jasmine Doman broke her arm on the Europe map. <laughs> <laughs> the episode stopped taping for a moment Ed Mann took Jasmine's place after she got injured And he captured Carmen with 13 seconds remaining Did anyone ever get hurt on Legends of the Hidden Temple? Uh, I don't. I think there was a slight injury But I don't Thought for sure that someone was gonna fucking Kick one of those temple guards When I was a kid I remember watching that show Being like Yo, if it was me, I would fuck up a temple guard. <laughs> you would just kick him right in the nuts. You're not taking my pen in a life. For sure, man. <laughs> Fucking catching me off guard in the shrine of the silver monkey. Get fucked. Don't you startle me. 
I'm I'm just here like in a ball pit that's supposed to be called a swamp. Does uh, that count as a, a, a game show or is that of something? Of course else? it does. You have no idea how many people want me to do Legends in Temple. I'm like now going to be like, okay, I'm gonna auction this off. Who wants to come on and talk legends at this point? I bet Patak would. Oh yeah, that would be great. Talk to Patak about it. We're taping later. Alex, yeah, we'll tell, tell Alex to come on to do Legends. Alex, if, if, you coward. If if not, I will give him Funhouse, which is like Legends, but weirder. Legends is wild because Legends has got this, it's like steeped in like a weird Orientalism. Like it's very similar to Carmen Sandiego in that it's supposed to be like pushing kids' boundaries into like learning more about the world. But like it's got this whole weird mysticism aspect to it where it's like, <laughs> yeah, like, but look at the legends. magic inherent in Central American society. <laughs> and it's like, well, why the hell is like a colonial item like stuck inside the room of the secret password? This makes no sense. <laughs> Olmec is trying to lead you to like that that episode's prize is like you're looking for Cortez's gun. <laughs> well, how do you do it, Olmec? Well, you could start by going up the stairs, go hit the shield, and you may be headed to a bridge. Go down the bridge, and you may be headed to the king's storeroom. Sit in the chair, and you may be headed to the heart room. Or you may be <laughs> headed to the observatory. Or you may be headed to the shrine of the silver monkey. He really, he leaned into shrine every time. <laughs> the shrine is the only room in Legends of Temple that has been in every episode. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> it's, it's the only good one. It's it, that's the one that Pucks everyone remembers, and you're like, "How are you fucking this up?" The monkey can only go two ways, three ways. It's three pieces: the the, the bottom shelf, the middle part, which is the one a lot yes. of people screw up on, and then yes. the head. But, but the monkey can only be oriented forward or backward, so it's like you know which side of the monkey is the front, right? <laughs> uh, you would. The thing is, though, they never told the contestants it has to be facing the camera. <laughs> So some of the times uh, they screwed up, but I believe in later seasons, they actually had to instruct the kids, it's facing the camera. It's facing the camera. If you're in this room, the, the, the monkey face goes to the camera. What about guts? Have you ever done anything on guts? I have that lined up as well, but no guess yet. Definitely. Guts is one where I like, similar to what I was saying before about like, can they really prove that any of these kids got like the, the kids who wrote in with like what the punishment for all of these infidels should be like, <laughs> like, like I never see proof that anybody ever got that shit. And it's the same with Guts where I'm like, for sure, if they were really given away the crag every time, like one of those would have turned up on eBay by it now. Did. There was it one did? eBay in 2014. Uh, oh, one Daniel record of Giant Bomb, your arch rival said Giant Bomb. Of, oh, of, of rival Dragon Ball podcast. Son uh, of a bitch. No, he he almost bought it, and then he got usurped because someone bet a thousand over him. Oh Jesus! So how much did it end up going for? I think two thousand dollars. Okay, that's not that crazy. Yeah, it's not that. It's not ludicrous. It's not like fourteen grand. Usually when it comes oh. to like game show props, like it's really hard to find because I kind of know all the people who have those props. Right. And then and they do not let it go. This is like hoarders. <laughs> like they have their own I mean, they did. Mini they did so many episodes of Guts, you know, and like 
Well, the, there must be so much crag out there in the world. Not just that. You would assume like someone who had like the bronze medal or the silver medal, they also get a keep. Like they would just yeah. be like, I don't need this. Uh, but uh, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Is our topic today, uh, and uh, <clears throat> and who needs a who needs a giant glow stick when you can win a trip to Vegas? Trip to Vegas <laughs> or uh, so? Part. So the big question usually when it comes around to this point in the show is: Should where in the world is Carmen San Diego be revived? If so, how? I don't think it should. No, I don't at all. Uh, I mean, I think it's cool that they were trying to teach kids geography. And I think that's a valuable thing for kids to know. But I don't think that we live in a political landscape anymore where this would be an acceptable show to like 50% of America. (laughs) All you'd end up doing is like, I mean, it would it would come about and there would be a whole bunch of articles on like legends of and shit where they'd be like this globalist propaganda is trying to teach our kids about like uh, like Pakistan. And like we we shouldn't be letting our kids watch this. And then there would be like a whole Twitter campaign to like cancel Greg Lee. Smashing Keurigs right. in the process. Still. Yeah, 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 they're all they're all going out and they're like they're smashing globes. They all have a globe in their house and they're all like fucking crushing it underfoot. And then, but but then what would happen is like, then it would like become really annoying and resistancy because then everybody would be like, well, the Republicans don't like this. So now we have to like this. And so then all of these fucking libs would be, would be turning up in droves to watch where in the world is Carmen San Diego. And like very quickly it would turn into like a sorting hat situation, you know, where like people would be like, I'm more of a Vic the slick. Uh, with like a serenade, you know, like I'm like a, I'm a bit weird, you know. You know, I have, like a, I I have a double really like... trouble personality here. You know how it is. So I, I think, uh, I think the world is fine without the reboot of Where in the World Is Carmen San Diego, the 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 game show. I'm happy to see it's getting a cartoon. I like cartoons. I think you know more people should make cartoons and still teach but... kids about the world that way. Uh, the is <clears throat> there is a, uh, I mean, this was PBS. So I think uh, uh, it's got its own whole thing, because then uh, all the Republicans who hate uh, the globalist agenda and where in the world is Carmen Sandiego would then be trying to defund PBS. And then we'd get into a whole thing about whether or not PBS is valid of government funding. And all these people would be like, but, you know, uh, 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 Sesame Street's on there. Sesame Street's been teaching kids since you were a kid. And they'd be like, well, I think the private sector could do it better. You know, the show has gotten better since it got on HBO. You know, I, I don't think we need PBS necessarily. So what, so, so, in your mind, is we shouldn't. But if there was, it'd be a private sector game show with, like, laser beams and, like, a million dollars. and. <laughs> The private sector would handle Carmen San Diego better. It would be it would be some version of it that's like retooled to appeal to the lowest common denominator American, something like where in Wisconsin is Carmen San Diego. And it would be a whole show about what bullshit little farming town Carmen San Diego is hiding out in. <laughs> and like the crimes that she's committing are like the the least offensive crimes ever. She's not stealing any cultural landmarks because they don't believe hey, in culture. Gang. We're Alexander Casio Cortez is stealing from the most important person, the rich. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait, how to stop it? <laughs> if you can figure it out, you can win a trip anywhere in in Bismarck. 
You was the go Wisconsin to- governor that everybody hated? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was going to make the joke of like, you can win like a trip to Waffle House and that's, and everything's <laughs> Waffle House bucks, but... You're gonna, you're gonna, yeah, you're gonna win a fifteen dollar gift certificate to the Waffle House, which is redeemable for five steaks. <laughs> um. Anyway, Walker, that's who it was. If there was, if there was a Carmen Sandiego reboot, here's what I would do, and this is the part where the lights would dim and it would be funny. Uh. So we're gonna go over the top with this. Uh. The set, which you, which looked like some dude's apartment complex with like blinds and and flags and corkboard, is now gonna look like a giant fucking GPS. And to do that, we're gonna have a giant LED background that illustrates different scenes in nice, vivid. 4K HD displays of everything, so it looks like everything's B-roll. Oh, look at this uh, view of Tiananmen Square. Look at this cute view of Times Square. Look at this view of a square. And, and then okay. it's it's everyone gets instead of these stupid cards with the words, they get tablets, and they just swipe mm. the answer and then reveal. Makes it easier right. for everybody. Uh, we're I, putting a lot of more, a lot more budget into this now. We're putting more budget into this show. We're not. This is. We're not. We're not fucking around here. We're doing karma. We're gonna make sure we like lose at least three million dollars. Yeah, because <laughs> this is not making its money back. Oh, it's on it's television. Not. Nothing are, makes money anymore. <laughs> congratulations, Netflix presents the game show reboot of. Uh, so, so there, there's tablets. Uh, I don't think we can get Rockapella. I guess they're gone now. <laughs> So we have to get like some sort of like group, like a small acting troupe of like ex UCB people, I guess, to to show up. We'll get uh I'm sure Alex Patek will gladly dress up in a giant trench coat and and answer questions about you know South American geography. I'm sure he'll gladly yeah. do it. Oh, that's how you make it appeal in in today's America. Uh, it, it you know to to stave off any of these accusations of like social justice warriordom, uh, you know, you want to, you're going to want to rebrand it as where in Wisconsin is Carl San Diego. <laughs> uh, so uh, I don't know if we want to keep crime bucks or just go straight up points. Cause it really doesn't matter what the hell crime buck is or even keep the, the crime bucks stay the same. Crime, and they're more uh, they're more explicitly referred to as the gains by the local police department from civil asset forfeiture, <laughs> or or we just say because of inflation, it's now fifty thousand crime bucks at the start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to be working with way bigger numbers here. Uh, and then uh, as far as what I said for host, I just wrote Brett Davis. I just wrote Brett Davis because he's a good improver. <laughs> He's yeah, Brett Davis would be a hell of a host, yeah. And I and plus, I don't think Greg Lee would agree to this show. I think he'd be. I had enough. I'm good. Do you and, see uh, Brett on the new? We just put out a two. I can't believe you got him. Let alone. Yeah, <laughs> this is one for uh, you. I mean, who cares? No one will for for two know. for two minutes to to late night, which is the the most heavy metal late night talk show. Yeah, Brett- which, well, Brett's a great dude. He's done my uh, my punk comedy show a few times, but then he also was on Ballin' Out Super, uh, but we lost the episode. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I like Brett Day. I love the special. It is one of my one of my favorite shows, and it's like I'm so glad that things on the Manhattan Network is just online now that I could just binge watch whenever I want. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Brett's great. 
Bray is a great improver. I put him down as the host because I don't think Greg Lee would do it. And I know that Brett Davis has a more uh, range of accents yeah. and impressions to pull it off. And then he could still be his dis- disheveled self as the host. <laughs> the only question is, can he handle children? That's the real. Um, and then for Chief, because uh, Lake Thimpin R.I.P. is gone, I put Shashir Zamata as the as the Chief because of her great appearance on the hilarious Saturday Night Live television show and the hilarious SNL skit, Where in the World is Kellyanne Conway? Yep, yep, right there with you, man. She was a good Chief, and I'm like, just make her the Chief now. Fuck it. <laughs> Should be, uh, it, could, it could be Kate McKinnon. You know, get Kate McKinnon on to do guest roles, and she plays like I don't know. uh, uh, She plays uh, Bob Mueller. She plays uh, uh, Kellyanne Conway again, (laughs) and it's just like, oh, it's the it's the Bizarro round. It's Kellyanne Conway saying things that are totally made up. All right, well, you heard her, Kellyanne Conway. She went to Disney World. Decided to ride the roller coaster and decides to use euros as the currency. Was she in? Uh, in round two, I would completely scrap that jail time challenge luck based bullshit. Sorry, kids, you're gonna have to learn the hard way that you have to know these things. So yeah, no more of this memory game. So you just take the twelve, like that big board. I say twelve. I think it's fifteen. Uh, and you just have like five questions and it, and if you're going to repeat anything, repeat the fucking question. So at least you learn something along the way, like of these 12, uh, which one would you most likely find daffodils, the flower garden. And you have to get five in a row of those questions, right? So then you can go into the big blip board of, and that's where you blow the budget on giant lights and a lighting kit and, and a plunger that looks like those GPS dots. And the prize is anywhere in the world. Because that has to be the prize. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is bullshit. If we're, we're, we're pitching this to a network, I imagine. Yeah, we are kind of pitching budget. this as, like, Discovery Channel kids. or <laughs> Oh, no. Discovery won't have the budget for that. We gotta go for, like, an NBC. NBC coming up next after an all-new Hollywood game night. Yeah. <laughs> it's in between Hollywood Game Night and Modern Family. <laughs> and between, you after Alec Baldwin's match game. <laughs> after he made the fifth cum joke, enjoy watching your kids try and locate try and locate the United Arab Emirates on the map. <laughs> oh, Alec Baldwin would be a good host for this actually. <laughs> he shows up now that and, I think about it just like having him like racially abuse all the kids <laughs> like he does kid you did you let the acme crime kit here's your steak knives get out we just have to like keep forgiving him over and over and over again <laughs> how old are it's you you're, about, you're, like, Baldwin now <laughs> you're 12 do you have any hobbies yeah I like baseball and video games yeah stick to those cause this is definitely not your strong suit kid He's going to start using, like, gay slurs and stuff, and then everyone's going to, like, cancel him for a week and then suddenly be like, but he played Jack Donaghy. We have to, like, you have to let him back. You know, unfortunately, the show did not do so well on network, but it's getting record numbers on Twitch. 
uh, <laughs> Alec Baldwin Twitch streamer. <laughs> When he finally gets canceled for good, that's going to be the only place he can go. He's going to be the new PewDiePie. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all edutainment games. Just cause... <laughs> Probably because it's like it. that's all he could drudge up. Like at the park and pins like. Putt Putt saves the zoo. Okay, I'll save the zoo, I guess, with Putt Putt. <laughs> this purple car motherfucker. Thank you for the 100 bits. <laughs> Thanks for your three year subscription. Uh, so, so that's how I would do Carmen San Diego. I would make, like, make a trip around the world. Uh, definitely blow the budget to make it elaborate and i don't know maybe change the theme song or or just have like a remix version get the pentatonics the hip happening new acapella group yeah yeah get the pentatonics in there get the maga choir man get those get those thirst traps get the twitter girls you know get them in there to do like a like a fuck you uh nancy pelosi this is where in America is Carmen San Diego? Where in Where in San Diego is Carmen the troops? This is brought to you by ICE Detention Services. <laughs> what? Too soon? <laughs> we're, we're, I don't even think by the time the show arrives, there will be enough kids to be casted on the show. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah, not, a lot of, not a lot of multi ice pivots to just fully getting rid of all kids. It's basically I don't think because the show I think in the '90s it was good because of multi ethnic kids and the casting and very charming with the acting. It's a good show. In the in the 2019 world that we are living in, I'm with you, Jeremy. Like this is <laughs> yeah, this is a problem. I'm not I'm not touching this as a TV exec. Not touching it. Not touching. I don't. I mean, don't kids just have Google now? They could just Google the answers. That's yeah, all we I don't mean. need a we don't need a game show for this. They can go on Wikipedia, just learn about places. Just go on Google Maps. There, look, you're you're there. But I don't know, like currency, and I don't. You don't want to go to other countries, honey. The world hates us. <laughs> but I want to go to. I want to go to Japan. That's where the anime is. Yeah, everyone does, honey. But you gotta understand that the whole world hates us, and because of different climate things, and also because of the current uh, government shutdown again, we have. You do it again. It's gotta be coming up, right? Yeah, it will probably by the time this episode airs, there'll probably be like a fourth government shutdown. <laughs> It'll be just a third. It's got to be any day now, right? It's like been three weeks. Yeah. It's going to happen. It's going to happen, and we're all going to just get annoyed. That's how it works. It's going to rule. I'm going to love it. But uh, Yeah, because uh, this, this is a positive spin on things, you know, is uh, when when the air traffic controllers go on strike and they don't fly planes anymore, that's less emissions, folks. That's going to be less emissions going into the sky. Airplanes are really bad for the environment. It's direct deposit, man. It's putting it right up there. You don't want that. There we go. 
So shut down the government, folks. Don't build the wall, but don't you know? But don't uh, do anything else either. Don't don't do anything. Just watch. Just listen to podcast and sit there. Yeah, watch anime, listen to podcasts, jack off in the shower, keep it real. There you, know? you go. So, uh, Jeremy, we're near the end of this of this joyride of a podcast that I guess explored a game show, also explored yeah. uh, international crime. And so this is this is the balling out supermodel. Is it actually a recap show? I don't know. Do we always do something? Sure do. Fill in time. That's what we do. Talking, fill in time. So what we do now is the big final round, the big lightning round. So just assume like in Carmen San Diego, there's a lightning bolt and some dude with a prop yelling out. Yep. It's hitting a hot dog, it's toasting the hot dog. All right. I'm so, ready. So Jeremy, five questions in 60 seconds. If you can get all five right, that's five free plugs. You ready? Okay, I'm ready. Let's put 60 seconds on the clock. Here we go. Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? Is that a question? Yes. She's in San Diego, obviously. Okay. What in the world is Carmen Sandiego? Uh, she is she is the female equivalent of a neck beard. She wears a duster and a wide-brimmed hat. All right. Who in the world is Carmen Sandiego? She is the alter ego of one of the MAGA thirst trap uh, singers. All right. Question four. When in the world is Carmen Sandiego? I'm going with 1991, which is the year that the show started. And finally, why in the world is Carmen Sandiego? As we live in a society and we need to accept that. All right, judges, we accept that. Apparently, our judge is a Joker meme, so it works. <laughs> you did it, Jeremy. You got five free plugs. All right. Uh, number one, check out Ballin' Out Super. It's my podcast about Dragon Ball Super. It's me and Alex Patak from Poddam America and Katie Rose Leon from Two Minutes to Late Night. Uh, check out Two Minutes to Late Night. It's my web series. It's a metal talk show. We we interview musicians. And this month, Brett Davis. Uh, check out Podmins to Cast Night. It's the podcast based on Two Minutes to Late Night. It involves a lot of the same people as Ballin' Out Super. Fourth plug, you know, uh, go to the Ballin' Out Super Patreon. You know, we have a special series behind the paywall, and it's it's pretty good. Uh, and uh, fifth plug, um, you know what? Philosophy Tube, uh, our, our new friend Ollie Thorne from Philosophy Tube on YouTube has a new video. It's out today or whenever this episode comes out. It'll have been out for a little while. It's about Steve Bannon. I haven't watched it yet because I've been recording this, but I'm going to check it out right after we're done. All right. I'm surprised he didn't decide to do the, the two minutes late night uh, Patreon, but okay. Philosophy I don't get any is. of that. <laughs> <laughs> that money is going to pay back cameramen for the rest of time. <laughs> <laughs> it is a very good late night uh, talk show. I, I, I just listened to it. I'm like, how did they get that guy? How did they do this? And it, Ew, it, unfortunately, it costs a lot of money to do, so we owe a lot of people money. It is, a, but it's like a huge stage too. And even though it looks cheap, no, I, it's, I, on a production standpoint, I, I can kind of guess where in the range of thousands it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of money, folks. But it's not easy. It's a lot of money. On Patreon, folks. but frankly, I don't care. 
<laughs> instead just go to the balling out super podcast go to the balling out super podcast patreon give us money there because we actually get that money they get the money katie gets the money alex patak gets the money uh yep. eventually those two will probably we are socialists <laughs> we live in a society capitalism ethical something something I have, yep. a, I have a game show podcast, so I'm pretty much the, the one that's going to be the most crippled by all this. Uh, my, whole, my whole genre is supposed to be if capitalism works, this show should survive. Um, and yes, Alex Patak and Katie are always welcome to stop by too. And you as well, in case you want to come by and yell at kids again. Just or... happy to yell at kids. Just happy to just open the window. What are you kids doing out there? You should be watching Ballin' Out Super. Get out of here with that. Go watch Goku do a beam. What are you doing out there? What are you doing? You know there's a perfectly good movie. Not the Spider-Man. It's Broly. Hey, don't you talk to me like that. We're out here playing the stick ball. See, so uh, my, my buddy Johnny Rats is going to throw the, sti- the ball at me. I'm going to hit it with a stick. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the stick right here. Just a twig I found on the street. Uh, it's, thank you so much for stopping by, Jeremy. I had a lot of fun. Hey, thank you for having me, man. Thanks again to Jeremy for stopping by. Uh, after the recording, he just launched a new Twitch channel. So please, if you like Ballin' Out Super, uh, or just like Jeremy Hammond, please check out his Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash Ballin' Out Super. That's twitch.tv slash B-A-L-L-I-N underscore O-U-T underscore S-U-P-E-R. Ballin' Out Super. Maybe you can say out of Shinron for me. Uh, also, uh, as I was doing some research for the show... I had to look up some research for the show, and one John Boy of Chart Party, SB Nation, and Pretty Good Stories uh, wrote something a long time ago about the Africa map on Where in the World's Carmen San Diego. So he's basically talking about the differences between the 20-yard shuffle and the Africa map. A 20-yard shuttle run requires two charges in direction. A perfect map run requires 13. 20 yards in 3.84 seconds for the shuttle runner versus 94.7 yards in 45 seconds for the map runner. The map runner only needs to move about half as quickly as the fastest shuttle runner on Earth, but he or she needs to keep up the pace for nearly twice times as long. The shuttle runner doesn't have to carry anything and can move freely. For exactly half of those 94.7 yards, the map runner must run with a beacon that is about 3 feet tall. The shuttle runner is a 22 or 23-year-old adult who is one of the greatest athletes in the world who has trained with optimal physical condition, and the child is a child who has never done this before. The shuttle runner knows exactly where to move, but the map runner must rely on geographical knowledge that 98% of American adults do not possess, and once again, the map is upside down. Thanks, John. It is still upon SB Nation, by the way. I just got to bring that up. Uh, the reason the game show came about was because of a recent National Geographic study showing that one in four Americans could not locate the Pacific Ocean on a map. Also, uh, Greg Lee is not considered a host, but rather the Acme agent in charge of training new recruits. I know we kept saying host, but it's, it's a host. Come on. Uh, contestants were recruited from New York Public Schools. I believe I said that in the episode. Rockapella, like most acapella groups, started in college. They were four friends from Brown University. 
And of course, there were spin-off PC games of Where in the World's Carmen Sandiego, such as Where in Space is Carmen Sandiego, and Where in North Dakota is Carmen Sandiego to celebrate its centennial anniversary. But the only Carmen Sandiego spin-off to get its own spin-off game show was Where in Time is Carmen Sandiego, which I hope we can talk about in a future episode. Lynn Thigpen won a Tony Award for An American Daughter, and in one episode of Where in the World's Carmen Sandiego, All Gling Gone, it never aired because the winning contestant, aka Gumshoe, fell during the bonus round and broke her arm. While David wrote the script for Carmen Sandiego, Raymond Portwood Jr. was the inventor of the game, and before being at Broderbund, he was an animator for Disney. And in the lore of Carmen Sandiego, when Carmen Sandiego was a kid, she won lots of money on a quiz show called It's a Wise Child. The winnings enabled her to develop her taste in globetrotting. The name of this show is in reference to one the Glass children participated in J.D. Salinger's Franny and Zoe. And all along, if you, the, the reference to that is of another radio broadcast quiz called The Quiz Kids. Whew, that's, that's a whole lot of facts. I think I got through everything else. There's just one more thing I gotta do, and you know what it is. Do it, Rockapella! Yeah! Well, she sneaks around the world from Kiev to Carolina. She's a sticky fingered filter from Berlin down to Belize. She'll take you for a ride on a slow boat to China. Tell me where in the world is. Carmen San Diego, steal their soul in South Korea, Mick Antarctica, cry uncle from the Red Sea to Greenland, they'll be singing the blues. Well, I'll never Arkansas her steal the Mekong from the jungle. Tell me where in the world is Carmen San Diego? She'll go from Nashville to Norway, Bonaire to Zimbabwe, Chicago to Czechoslovakia, and back. Well, she'll ransack Pakistan and run a scam in Scandinavia. Then she'll stick him up down under and go pickpocket perf. She puts the missing misdemeanor when she stole the beans from Lima. Tell me where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Oh, tell me where in the world is. Oh, where can she be? Botswana to Thailand, Milan via Amsterdam, Mali to Bali, Ohio, Oahu! Well, she glides around the globe and she'll flim flam every nation. She's a double dealing diva with a taste for thievery. Her itinerary is loaded with moving violations. Tell me where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Oh, tell me where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Tell me where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Tell me where in the world is Carmen San Diego? 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 Where in the in the world is uh oh oh they they ditched me oh well uh this is getting pretty long but we still have a lot of show left to do 
next is our uh, next step in our 110 part series exploring every pricing game on the price is right here is the pricing game spotlight <laughs> Oh, geez. Let's, let's see what's going on. Uh, double Digits is tonight's game. Premiere date, April 20th. 420, baby! 1973. Tape date, 0335D. Pricing game turntable. Uh, here's how it works. It was a pricing game in which the popular Temptation was likely developed. The contestant was shown four small prizes, one at a time, and was shown the second digits in their prices. For each prize, the contestant was shown two options for the first digit in its price, which were always consecutive digits. The first digits of the four prizes, when placed consecutively, also formed the price of a car. The contestant had to correctly guess all four digits to win the car, but won any small prizes they had correctly guessed the first digit of, regardless of the outcome. The concept of the game was reused in later pricing game Temptation, in which the price of the car is built from digits in the price of smaller prizes. Reportedly, the game originally had slightly different gameplay, but there were disputes as to what the difference was. Originally, the contestant was either presented with four digits in the price of the car out of order, which they had to place with the correct prizes, or they had to guess the digits outright with no assistance. If the former was actually the format, it would make the game a predecessor to Switcheroo, which uses a given series of digits to correctly fill in the missing first digits of various prices. However, the missing digits do not form the price of a car in Switch and the cars won the prizes with a missing digit. The double digits board was a faceplate, but the board shared by any number in Bullseye 1. This can be seen in the playing air on the Game Show Network as the game comes around the turntable. A studio light shines on the side, revealing an angle at odds in the shape of the board as seen on the front. Additionally, most of the board is manipulated by the host aside from one electronic display located in the same spot as one on Bullseye, which also has the same middle display of any number. Double Digits was active from April 20th, 1973 until May 18th, 1973's episode aired on June 15th due to coverage of the Watergate hearings designated as 0422D. Wow, we've, we've come full circle here. The prices Right gets preempted for Watergate and now the Trump's news gets preempted for the prices Right. Wow, bookending this episode. The game was retired after just five playings because of its confusing nature. Of these, only the first ended with a win. So that means we got to play the fail horns. I, 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 I like playing that, but man, there's a lot of audio editing in this. Anyway, Game Show Network aired the fourth playing on May 8th. Uh, tape number 0362D. Uh, that's, that's it. Uh, after seeing the game, it's very, very confusing. Also, it's a weird template, and I do not understand any of the appeal of this one. I could see why uh, it failed, because it's very confusing to understand. If I could redo double digits, I would say it should be done with a three-digit prize or a couple two-digit prizes, and you just have to side-by-side -side them. Like, if I was to reboot double digits, I would find, like, you're playing for, like, an $8,000 vacation somewhere. So you would get two items. One's, like, say, $86, and the other one's 50 bucks. And almost like a side-by-side, -side, or and then you add a third prize, too, just, just to switch it up a bit. So one, so one has to be the first digit, one has to be the second two digits, and one has to be on the sidelines. That could be your new version of double digits. So which one do you want to use? The can opener? Do you want to use the popcorn machine? Or do you want to use the humidifier? 
Uh, you can only use two of the three and in the correct order to win the to win the prize. And then if you want to make it a car, uh, you can easily just add a, a first digit as a one or a two and continue the process from there. I think that would make for an interesting show because now it requires you understanding the two digits of the price of the prize plus understanding the price of the car and it's a one and only chance. I think they just made it a little more confusing than necessary when it came to the show and I could see why it didn't work out. Um, it's double digits. I think it flopped, but that's all right. Uh, I just made a better version. Get three two-digit items to figure out the prize of a prize. That's all you need to do. It's not that difficult. Um, that's it. That's all the information you got from double digits. Uh, next time on the Pricing Game Spotlight, we'll be taking a look at Lucky 7. Lucky 7. That's a real interesting game. We only have a few minutes left, so let's go through the international corner of news. Uh, like I said, it's a big news episode. So, first of all, we gotta look at the casting for the next series of Taskmaster. Taskmaster is one of my favorite game shows, so of course I'll be reading the news. We have Joe Thomas of The Inbetweeners. We have Ian Sterling of the Love Island narrator. We have Lou Saunders. Uh, and then we have Paul Sinna from The Chase, which is probably why I want to include this as a news, because, hey, someone who's a chaser guy from The Chase is on the Taskmaster. And finally, uh, Sean Gibson from Car Share with Peter Kay, that flopped of a television series. Anyway, Taskmaster is coming soon. Can't wait to watch it. So Israeli television has created a new show called 2025. Uh, and it's all about money. The series, which is running as a daily primetime strip on Keshet 12 four times a week, began with 16 contestants in the gates of a futuristic Westworld meets Truman Show city in the outskirts of Yavin. Uh, eight duels took place of viewers deciding who would enter the city and who would not. Each contestant received a smartwatch loaded with 12000 NIS, which is $3,300, and immediately had to decide how much to share with their opponent. Four of the eight losing contestants who received the highest amount of money from their opponents who did so got to enter the city. Now it seems the end of the game is to keep or make as much money as possible in order to win the competition in an apartment worth $390,000 with a giant scoreboard keeping track. The contestants, who are a broad mix of ages and social groups, aren't entirely cut off from the real world, but communication comes at a cost. The show, which has been described as Black Mirror meets Monopoly was developed by Yoram Zak, who was the director of the Israeli version of Big Brother, and Erez Tal, who hosted the Endemol Shine format. Keshet boss Avi Nir said the Israeli firm has been approached by a raft of international broadcasters and producers, but has not yet had any global deals. The set costs about $15 million. Uh, the reason I'm bringing it up is because usually Keshet Media usually tries to pitch these shows over to America ASAP, which means do not be surprised if it, the, sometime this fall we're going to see some new show in the works. It's a new show in Fox. Get ready for 2025. Also, ITV uh, has three new uh, game shows coming up. One's called The Chamber, not to be confused with that Fox show. The Chamber's unique game show like nothing on Earth or under Earth. The world's first underground game show thrusts everyday people into an extraordinary subterranean world. Each episode seems two teams take on four different levels designed to test fitness, brain power, and bravery. The aim of the game is to be the first team to reach the bottom of the chamber and escape in a race against time to crack the code before the power and the chamber itself shut down. With a fully functioning international hub in Wales based off the disused Victorian mine, the chamber delivers a ready-made opportunity for cost-effective family entertainment. So I look forward to that being a one-season wonder because it reminds me of Trapped. The Desert is another show. Find the hero within. That's the slogan. In the desert, competitors are taken away from the urban jungle and placed in the heart of the world's most unforgiving environment, the desert. Splendid teams and guided by survival experts, they must take this harsh environment to their home. 
Weekly boot camps and tests will lead to eliminations, where the losing team will have to vote a team member off the show. Eventually, both teams merge into one, and it'll be everyone for themselves. After 100 days, the two remaining finalists will compete in an epic three-day solitary race through the desert. This is more than just a competition. The desert is a transformational journey of self-discovery that will test the comp each competitor's determination and physical strength. Who will keep up with nature? It's just man versus wild or man versus nature, but it's with the survivor element of voting people out. That's not original. Ah, I mean, maybe the cool idea of like seeing some guy lonely through the desert, but it makes no sense because there's a camera crew too. So I don't know. And finally, Bother Spar says no one's going to watch a show called Catchpoint. Anyway, Catchpoint, the big physical game in which you don't always have to be correct to win. You just have to be close enough to the dropping balls and catch them. Two teams of two answer a series of picture questions to build up their money bank. Every question has 10 possible answers, each represented by an image on a giant LED screen. Suspended above the screen is a mechanism that will release a giant ball with the correct answer. Each ball caught adds money to the bank. All the players have to stand in front of the image showing that they hope is the correct answer. If they're right, the ball will simply drop into their hands. But if they're wrong, they still have the opportunity to dash, dive, or leap to catch it from wherever it falls. The closer they are to the correct answer, the easier it is to reach the falling ball, full of unique visual questions, nail-biting tension, and hilarious fun. Uh, also, also, there's some new show called Cash from Chaos. It's coming soon. I don't know much about it other than it's like when Ben Stein's money. But I, I, I just, I, I, a lot of those shows just aren't interesting yet. But we'll see when they show up. Uh, when when it works. Uh, but uh, if, if if one of those three will probably be Catch Point, maybe. I don't think the desert's good. Chamber might be like Trapped, which is a children's game show. Ah, man, so much news. Hopefully next week there won't be so much news so we can keep making these episodes a little faster. Sorry, this is almost two hours long. Um, join me next week for a brand new episode of Game Shows, I suppose. Uh, until then, good night and mwah, smooch. Boom.